All right, excellent. Um, so, see, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject today, which is sin. Um, next week, we're going to take a bit of a break from the, the kind of the, the series of classes that we're doing, because as you know, we're walking through the, the different topics of systematic theology, where systematic theology is, I almost think of it as theology done in categories. So we've talked about, you know, God, you know, the Trinity. We've talked about Christology, the study of Christ. We've talked about, um, we've talked about bibliology, the study of the Bible. Um, what did we do last week? We did the law, which I guess kind of fed into a little bit of, you know, of theology proper because we were talking about the character of God, that sort of thing. Um, this week we're going to talk about sin. And then the most logical thing next would be actually talking about um, what's called soteriology, or the, the doctrine of salvation. And so, uh, but I want to try to take a little bit of a break next week, and so Ken's going to step in, and rather than try to jump in in the middle of the, the, the stream that we have going, he's going to come at theology from a different angle, and it's something called biblical theology. Now, biblical theology is different than systematic theology, and that systematic theology, like I said, is these different categories of theology. Biblical theology, what it does is it traces, um, say, a theme um, or you know, a topic, whatever, through uh, the Bible as you have progressively more revelation about something. Okay? And I'm not sure which one he's gonna, going to do, but um, it's it, guaranteed it'll be interesting and it'll be beneficial for, for everyone. Okay? Um, and then when we get back into um, when we get back into, when I pick back up the following week, I'm probably going to try to do some what's called historical theology. And then historical theology is essentially what the church has believed about a topic over a period of time. And so what we'll talk about is um, uh, the historical views of salvation um, in, in, in relation you know, to the church as it goes through time for the last 2,000 years. Okay. And those sorts of things are, are really beneficial for us to study because a lot of times what it does is it teaches us, um, you know, sometimes you learn from, from, from hearing what is not right, you know. Um, that's one of the things that I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago, and I said that the, the church doctrine has grown out of heresy. And what I meant by that is uh, as... Uh, as scripture was given and the Holy Spirit uh, was you know, enlightening his, his church, uh, Christ's church, then what was happening was people were coming in with different thoughts and ideas and interpretations that you know, people had never really thought of before. And so what was happening is the church had to respond to those, those different ideas and began to kind of divide what was right from what was wrong, Okay. And so it's, uh, it's, a, it's interesting, and I think it's very beneficial to, to Christians to, to kind of understand how some of these um, doctrines have, have come about, all right? So let's pray, and then we'll get started, and we'll talk about, um, again, everybody's favorite topic today, sin. So Father, thank you. Um, thank you for this morning and the time to come together and to, uh, to study about something that um, is, is, is inherent in all of us. Um, <clears throat> Father, um, we, thank, uh, we thank you for 
the forgiveness that you've given us um, in, in terms of the, the topic that we're going to talk about today. And Father, we, well, we love you, we trust you, help us to glorify you uh, in everything that we do. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, as you can already tell, I'm, uh, it's, a, it's a rough morning. I'm, uh, it's been, been one of those mornings, and it's just getting started. Let's see what happens. Like I said, it's one of those mornings. Let's see. There we go. All right. So why is studying sin important? Wouldn't it be a lot more fun just to kind of talk about salvation and talk about grace and talk about, you know, uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Why, why do we have to talk about sin? Why, why is it so important? Jesus came to heal the sick, not the well. Good, good. Without sin, we wouldn't need grace or redemption or salvation or most of the other. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, very, very good. Um, anybody else? An example is when um, Jesus confronted the, or talked with the woman at the well. Uh-huh. And the first thing he pointed out was the immorality of her relationships. Right. So he pointed out her sin to her mm-hmm. that revealed to her her need for salvation. Exactly. Good. As, as Hannah mentioned. Good. Without, without an understanding of sin, it's like, why do I need a Savior? Good, good. A- absolutely. So um, people need to understand that they are sick before there is a reason to seek a doctor. Likewise, people need to understand that they are guilty before God before there is a reason to trust Jesus. And so, you know, you when you evangelize, you know, and... When we evangelize and, and talk to people, you know, most people don't want to hear anything about sin. They don't want to, they don't want to be confronted with the fact that, that the things that they're doing are wicked or unrighteous or any, anything like that, you know? And I shouldn't say they, I should say we. We, we in, our, in our natural state, when we hear this sort of thing, we, we don't really want to hear it, you know? Unless the Holy Spirit has convicted us of that sin and then um, began to uh, open our hearts so that we're able to, um, to receive the, the gospel and believe it. But it requires that, that conviction uh, by the Holy Spirit. Another way to say it is the good news is only good news to people who understand the bad news. So I have a person that I'm related to that um, you know, goes to church, doesn't talk about sin. She's, she's actually a, what we call a universalist. You know, everybody's going to heaven. You know, everybody is with Jesus. Um, everybody, uh, you know, regardless of whether they, they knew Christ or not, has, quote-unquote, heavenly birthdays. And it's a painful thing to be tagged on that sort of thing, you know, constantly, like on Facebook, um, because you're, you're just going, you know, you know, I, we, we, need to, we need some truth here, you know. There's this, this idea that Jesus was just this, this moral teacher, uh, but he didn't really save us from anything because there was nothing to be saved from, you know. All right. So now we're talking about sin, but what is sin? Yes, ma'am. Sin is any violation of or want of conformity to God's law. That sounded like a textbook definition, if I've ever heard one. One more time. Sin is any 
any transgression of, any yeah. breaking, or yeah. any lack of conformity to, okay. a, a not keeping of God's law. Okay, excellent, excellent. Um, anybody else? Okay. You, you, do we distinguish between sin and sins? How about sin nature and sin? So, or sins, rather. You're, you're nodding. Sins come from the sin nature. Okay, okay, good. So sin, you call a sin nature, uh, is a condition of the heart. It's a rebellious attitude against God and his law. And where did we first see this rebellious attitude against God and his law? It was in the garden, of course. And what was the particular offense of that, of that sin nature? It wasn't eating of the fruit. It was, what's that? Disobedience. It was, in what way? Wanting to be like God in what way? Knowing good and evil. And in reality, determining good and evil, right? So Adam and Eve wanted to be their own gods. They wanted to, to, to determine for themselves what was good and what was, what was evil. And, of course, that is a sin that has been replicated billions of times throughout history. And I think there's probably, I don't know, 20-something people in this room that have been guilty of that. Sins are anything, actions, attitudes, thoughts, that is contrary to, to the law or the will of God. That's exactly what, what Hannah, Hannah said. So we have this idea of, I want to distinguish between the sin nature and then the actual acts of sin or the um, attitudes of sin. Okay? Um, and R.C. Sproul says, we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. But who, who wants to explain that? Yes. Just a question of what, what's the cause of us being a sinner or right. committing particular individual sins? Is, are we sinning? Are we making specific individual sins because of some nature that we have? Or right. do we have some nature? Do we take on some sort of a nature because we've committed individual sins? And he's arguing that we commit individual sins right. because we have a. Right nature that makes us want to. Right, good. So it's not like you um, you come into the world and then you you know, you lust and you're angry and you commit adultery and you, you, you steal and you lie, cheat, different things like that, and then you become a sinner at that point. Like you some, reach some critical mass of sins, sinful acts or attitudes that makes you a sinner. No, you, you're, you come into the world as a sinner. And you sin because of that. We sin because of that. Yes, sir. Adam and Eve proved that we had the ability to sin and the desire to sin, mm -hmm. and the fall and the curse made us slaves to it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let me say it again so I can make sure everybody heard it. Um, Adam and Eve proved that we had the ability to sin, but their, their sin made us a slave to, to that sin. Okay, cool, good, good. Can I ask a question on sure. when you say that we, you mean humanity, or humans, had the ability, I'm curious about the desire, though. Are you saying that God created in us the desire? <laughs> I'm not saying that. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good. Good. Good call. By the By the way. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I think it's just that God made us in His image, meaning we had free will. Yeah. And then we made a big mistake. Right. Okay. With our free will. Yeah. So. Going to honor our free will. So. Yeah. Yeah. So back in um, in the garden, we had the um, they had the ability to not sin, but they sinned. Right. All right. So where did sin come from? Whoop. Where did sin come? I'll go ahead and throw it up there. So sin entered the human race in the Garden of Eden uh, through an attack of Satan, who led Adam and Eve to doubt God's word and assume their own prerogative and uh, to the I'm sorry to assume their own prerogative to determine, uh, to determine good and evil. But sometime prior to this, Satan, who's a fallen angel, must himself have rebelled against God and become evil. The scripture does not say much about that event. So I think you guys were kind of touching a little bit on kind of what was going on in the garden, that sort of thing. And, and that's one of those things where I think you rightfully kind of stop short of making a lot of dogmatic statements about it because a lot of people have ideas about the nature of, like, of when Satan fell, when he rebelled against God, um, kind of how all of that worked out. But, you know, honestly, the Bible is silent about almost all of it. And so... We have to be very, very careful about making any kind of um, dogmatic statements about where that, that evil came from. Because it's a, honestly, it's kind of a mystery. And I think we can get ourselves into pretty deep trouble um, if we hold, hold on to, to those sorts of things, right? Um, one of the things that, you know, uh, that you, you might hear, has anybody ever heard of the gap theory, Right? So the gap theory is the idea. I, I don't buy the, the gap theory. I don't, I don't think it's biblical. Um, but the gap theory is the idea that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there was some period of time. And it's like you had, Genesis 1-1 records the idea that God had this, pardon me, this original creation, and then things got so bad because Satan had rebelled that he wiped out everything and started over in Genesis one one, two. Okay. Now, a lot of people think that the idea behind the gap theory is to try to put in large lengths of time, you know, to make the, the earth really old. But in reality, the motive is um, as an explanation for where evil came from. Okay. And that's one of the things that honestly is not revealed in the Bible. We, we can't say evil came from here or evil came from there. You know, we can't attribute it to God, but at the same time, it's not out of his control, right? And so we can make some really dangerous statements if we, we go, go too deep into that. Does that make sense? That's kind of what you were talking about historical Christianity. Yeah. Of all those weird things that came in, a lot of those weird things, I think, came from people trying to assume something that the Bible yeah. didn't say. Absolutely. A lot of it tries to go, go too deep, right? So we have one very popular thing that we'll talk about in the coming weeks is this idea of God's sovereignty and human responsibility, right? And that's something that we, we honestly, we can't wrap our minds around. But when, because um, it's a mystery. We don't know how those things fit together. But 
when we try to, we do try to reconcile them, um, then we end up stepping outside of what the Bible tells us, and we end up in heresy in one way or the other. Yeah, it's a really dangerous place to be. All right, so the fall, the fact that the, the fall occurred in real time, in real space, in, in, in real history, why is that so important? The fact that Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the garden, why is that so critical to everything that we believe? Hmm? I think it's because it, it explains the day and the human part okay. and why we see the okay. destruction and the pain. Okay. So it explains the decay and the destruction in the world, kind of suffering and everything in the world. Okay. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Well, Paul talks about in Romans how through Adam's sin, all mankind were, uh, uh, became, well, as a part of his race, right, uh-huh. are under judgment for sin, and how therefore through Christ, right, right. we can be saved from that. We can be transferred from the race of Adam to the, to the race of Christ. So if you deny that Adam sinned, that Adam really sinned in the garden, that that really happened, um, then what does that do to Paul's explanation of salvation? Okay, excellent. So what you're saying is Romans 5, right? Very good. Um, Romans 5, verses 12 uh, and 15, and 13 and 14 are definitely re- relevant, but I just I wanted to trim it down a little bit. So therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death, uh, death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Not because we all sinned in our lifetimes, but because we all sinned in Adam. Now, in the past, we've talked about this idea of being in Christ, right? Being in Christ um, or being in Adam. Does somebody want to tell me what that means, being in Christ versus being in Adam? If if somebody doesn't speak up, I'm going to give you one of my really lame, long analogies. So be warned. Yeah, well, no, actually, I don't have the pictures, but I can probably find them, yeah. No? Okay. So, um, okay, here comes the long, lame analogy. Don't tell me that I didn't, didn't warn you, right? So, um, back in, uh, well, all, all my life, I've been a baseball fan. In 2017, the, the Astros finally, you know, won the World Series. And so, I participated in that victory, Right? I was an Astros fan, and when they won, I won, you know? And everybody that's a sports fan of any kind, you have a team, and when, when that team wins, you're identifying with that team, and so when they win, you win. When they lose, you lose. And so once the, um, the scandal came out about um, the Astros cheating, then their shame was, was my shame. Because I actually, uh, a few years, uh, well, actually, in the height of it coming out, I had to go up to a, a funeral. My family's from St. Louis, and I had to go to a funeral up in St. Louis. And I got on the, um, the shuttle between the airport and the rental car place. There's a, a guy on there with all decked out in, in Cardinals gear. And we started talking about baseball, and he asked me where I was from. And I didn't want to tell him, you know, because I, I, was, I was ashamed, you know. Um, as it turns out, as somebody will, will tell us, well, everybody was doing it, you know. Um, that doesn't make it right, but um, 
so anyway, uh, so, so the point is, is that the Astro's uh, victory was my victory. The Astro's shame was, was my shame, right? Now, you take that and put it on, on steroids, right? If everybody is born in, in Adam, when you're in Adam, you participate in his fall, in his sin. You know, he, he was our um, representative. And so when, when he sinned, everybody that followed after him, with the, which is all of humanity, sinned as well. Okay? Now, along comes Christ 2,000 years ago. And if we are in Christ, if we have faith in Christ then we no longer identify with, uh, with Adam. We, are, we identify with Christ. And so his victory over death and sin is our victory over death and sin. Okay, And so that's what it means to be in Christ versus in Adam. Okay, And so the idea here is, is that, um, again, going back, uh, I'll read the, the first verse again. Just as sin came into the world, uh, through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. All men sinned in Adam. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more um, have the grace of God uh, and the free gift by the grace of, of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Okay, so he said much more eloquently um, and briefly to what, what I just said. Yes? Another way to think of it is in Adam we're all slaves to sin. Uh-huh. And in Christ, he's redeemed us from that yep. slavery, so we're no longer slaves. Right. Good. Yeah. That's uh, another mo- motif of salvation. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? Yeah? Okay. Yes, ma'am. How does the non-believers uh, know that he sinned and he doesn't know God? The non-believers. The non-believer? How does the non-believer know that he sins and, and doesn't know God? God? He doesn't know God, right? Right. And how does he know that he's sinning God? So, good. So, that, we go back to Romans, only it's, it's earlier than, than Romans chapter 5, okay? So, one thing that we can do is we can point to uh, Romans chapter 2, where um, Paul says that the law of God is written on the heart, Okay? So we all have this idea of what, what's right and what's wrong, but we don't do it, right? It, it, so so that, that's one thing. And then we can go even back further um, to the end of, of Romans chapter 1, um, is it, I think verses 28 and following. And what, what, um, what Paul says there is that um, the, the wrath of God is revealed, um, in the things that have been made. And he says that every human being has, has clearly perceived that about God, right? And then, and then we suppress that in unrighteousness, okay? So, so um, and what that suppress means is that you push down against something like a spring. And so all of us, um, without the Holy Spirit, Pushed down against God's righteousness, God's word, God's law, and it's only through the Spirit that we're able to um, have our eyes opened, and then we can be uh, have faith in Him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Does it require an awareness of actually happening? Yes. Uh, a conscious awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the reason I had to clarify is, is this morning I was, we'll get to a slide here where we're talking about kind of different kind of categories of sin, and one of them was uh, intentional and unintentional, and I was like, I'm going to have such a hard time explaining this that I, I just scrapped it, so, all right. Oh, yes, ma'am. Another thought is, what did we get when we the knowledge of good and evil? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, what was the name of the tree that, that they ate from? Yeah, and there's some significance to that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Oh, did you have a question? I've never really understood the thought of verse 15. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know why it ties the first phrase to the second. Okay. Uh, for if many died through one man's trespass? Yeah. yeah. Much more have the grace of God. And is it just saying if you could be in Adam, then you could potentially be in Christ? Like- yeah, so what it's saying is that when, um, uh, and by the way, when I walk up here, it's just so we can get to the microphone. I'm not trying to be oh. intimidating or anything. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, so uh, for if, if, if many died through one man's trespass, so, what he's saying there is that when, when Adam sinned, um, he was our, our representative. And so when he did that, it was just like every one of us did that too. And so we're all guilty of that. Yeah. So, um, so we all, and, and then like he says above, he says death came through, came through sin. And so because um, Adam uh, sinned, then, then death was brought into the world because he didn't have death prior to that. What does it say, much more? Uh, not more people are saved than are Much more have the grace of God? Um, that's a good question. Um, much more. I, I think maybe, maybe he's saying much more joyously or something. Stephen, got any thoughts on much more? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen is our resident Greek expert. It's so, not yeah. a standard Greek idiom way of, way of arguing. It's not saying, it's not saying that that many more, it's just arguing from this one example, how much, like maybe much more obvious is it that one man can be the one who gives salvation to all if one man gave sin to all. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's more of like a how, how obvious must it be, is kind of the brain. Cool. Like, no, cool. Paul, it's not obvious, like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that cool? Uh, oh, excellent. All right. Thank you. Good, great. I, I love y'all's questions today. Uh, let's see. So. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think I already know the answer, but uh-huh. just to clarify it. Um, are we born before our very first sin? Are we born deserving the wrath of God before um. our very first sin? I, I would say yes, yes. Because of our nature. Uh, yeah, because we, we, we would have sinned in Adam. Um, that gets into a question, though. Um, if we keep going with, with that, we get into a topic that, well, no, we get into a topic that I, I don't want to discuss in a public setting. I would discuss it anything privately. Um, but it's a very emotional topic, and so I want to. I hope that's cool. Uh, sorry to speak in riddles, but yeah, okay. Yes, sir. I think the thought that I 
I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. This week, uh, yeah. past week, MacArthur has been yeah. at pains to explain his point of view on that uh, topic. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, has he did that this week? Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't okay. know if it's done, and I don't know if everybody believed him. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I, the last time I heard him talk about it, we, 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 I would have agreed with him anyway. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, let's, you and I chat right after this. I, I just want to clar clarify a little bit. Okay, cool. And, and it's, it's, yeah, I just want to, want to clarify that something. Um, cool. <laughs> you know how many times I've hit the next slide? <laughs> Okay. So when God created man, right, we were mm -hmm. in perfect relationship. Yes. Yes. Right. And so if you're in perfect relationship and then Adam, you know, breaks that perfect relationship, mm -hmm. there's no way for Adam now to have a child that would now be perfectly reconciled to God. Right. Because that has been broken and anything that comes out of that, it, there's no way for it to come back to perfection through a sinful man. Would that be fair to say? Um, because, and that's what I'm meaning by, yeah. by they don't have to sin. They're already a part of a broken chain that can't be right. reconciled to God in sure. perfection because they're born in that sin. Yeah, so Adam was our, our representative, right. right? And so so in that, we would all, the, the only way, hypothetically, would be if a person was born and then lived a, a, a perfectly righteous life, um, you know, fulfilling the law, you know, et cetera, and so forth. Which they couldn't. Which could never happen. Yeah, right. Because they're out of that sinful nature. Right, right. So now yeah. that, that whole line is right. not broken. Then that person could be our redeemer. And that's why God himself had to step in, right. in that's God right. in the flesh. Like that broken fellowship yeah, yeah, happened. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things is, you know, when we talk about this stuff, there's like all these different ways to think about it. You know, and you come in, and, you know, and it's almost like different metaphors and motifs. And what happens is when you when you jump track, and they're right. You know, there's one truth, but they're just, there's often different ways to describe the one truth. And it's almost like um, when you when you evangelize, right? There's one gospel. There's only one gospel, but the way you come at it can be a whole bunch of different directions. And so. Um, the way I think about it is the message, there's one message, but that message can be in any number of envelopes, right? And so a good example of that is looking at comparing the way Acts, uh, I'm sorry, the way Paul delivers the gospel in Acts 13 versus the way Paul delivers the gospel in Acts 17. His audience was different, so the way he did it, went about it was different, but it was still the same gospel message, okay? And so that's one of the reasons why when we talk about these things, these we can kind of confuse ourselves because we kind of mix metaphors and stuff, right? Anybody else? No? No? Okay. So are there different categories of sin? And let me, let me go ahead and say, um, so I have this idea of sins of commission versus sins of omission. Can somebody tell me um, what the difference in those two things are that is sitting behind the, the second row? Oh, you're in the second row. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say sins that you purposely commit and sins that you commit that you really don't know that you're committing intentionally, like conscious. Okay. Let's throw a little bit different spin on it. How about sins of things that you, you're not supposed to do, but you do them anyway, like um, committing murder or being angry, okay? Or sins of omission, which is 
sins you know you're supposed to do, but you don't do them. Right? What's that? Things you're supposed to do. Oh, I'm sorry. Good point. Yeah. So things that you're supposed to do, acts are, your, acts are um, um, actions that you're supposed to do, but, but you don't do them. Right? So that would be a sin of omission. Can somebody give me an example of a sin of omission? Not praying. Not praying. Yeah. Long period of time, maybe. Yeah. Anybody else? How about if... Um, how about if one of you, one of us, sees a brother or sister um, crying or upset, and we look at our watch and go, I'm late for lunch, right? Not helping that brother or sister, that's a sin, because you're not loving that brother or sister, right? Um, it could be any, any number of things. Um, but a lot of it has to do with um, I've got my own priorities and I'm going to put my own priorities above uh, those of everybody else. And I'm not going to love my, um, love my brother or sister as myself. Okay? Um, attitude versus action, right? So, and of course, in action, you know, Jesus talked a lot about this in, in, in Matthew. Um, you know, murder is an action. Anger is an attitude, but that attitude leads to, to the action, right? The Pharisees were really big on, um, on sins that everybody could see, you know, um, and they didn't care about what was going on in the heart. And that's one of the biggest things that, that served as a corrective for Jesus, not correcting Jesus, but Jesus correcting the, the people, or the Pharisees especially, was that it wasn't so much, I mean, Outward actions are still important, but the most important thing is what's going on in the heart, okay? And the heart is, is desperately wicked, but um, we, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are able to love one another as we love ourselves and love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's voluntary against involuntary sins, Okay? So think about this, this for a minute. Um, I can decide that I'm going to uh, do something, and I can just volition, volitionally grow angry, um, maybe hurt somebody, murder somebody, or whatever the case may be, right? Or somebody can uh, pull in front of me in traffic, and I, I respond immediately with some kind of, um, I'll just say, unloving uh, attitude or suggestion, okay? Um, now, that is involuntary. You're not really thinking about what you're doing, um, but it's still, it's still a sin, okay? Even a, a quick glimpse of anger is still, is still a sin. And so, you know, the question is, what do you do about, um, about that sort of thing? And the idea, actually, go ahead. Would synonyms here be willful and instinctive? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Willful and instinctive. Okay. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, so what do you do about instinctive uh, or reflexive sort of, um, uh, sort of sins? How do you keep yourself from, you know, when somebody does pull you over, how, how do you, or I'm, I'm sorry, pull in front of you and you know, cut you off, um, how, do you, how do you prevent yourself from instinctively uh, having an unloving attitude? Yes. 
or reaction? If you have a, a problem with that, yeah. when you get in the car yeah. to drive, yeah. pray and ask yeah. the Lord to help you. Good. Okay, help me to not have that response today. Good, good. Okay, good. Anybody else? Yes? Right. I think when we sin in ways like that, it reveals that that sin is in us. And yeah. that we need God's grace and yeah. God's spirit to kind of correct our thinking, because I right. think it's a thinking problem, and we think yeah. that we're the center of the universe. I struggle with this personally. Yeah, so I know very much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's about having a right thinking and a right belief in yeah. God that will now fix those that unbelief and will now that sin won't come out of us okay. because all the all that when it happens it just reveals right. it okay so when you're involuntarily doing that then it's a belief inside of you that right. is causing that right okay yeah absolutely um and the, the way uh i read an article um I, I might have even been this morning if i remember correctly um but it talked about fighter pilots on how how fighter pilots don't even really think about what they're doing they just, they just do it. It, they ha it has to be instinctive, otherwise they're gonna get killed, right? Because they don't, they don't um, react fast enough. And so the idea there would be that they train themselves, they train their instincts, is, is really what it means. And with us, if we're filling ourselves with God's word and we're praying, like several of you have said, um, then that is the only way that those involuntary sins can become, uh, can become involuntary and natural uh, righteous responses or loving responses to people. Um, it's a matter of, um, you know, well, it's not a matter of training in the spirit and the word, right? Yes, ma'am. But now you're not going to agree with what I'm saying? No, no, I'm going to with those things. But, yeah. And not to pick on Randy, but I yeah. think that, I mean, true, that application of what goes into a man does not defile him, meaning yeah. food. But I think there is a sense that what we expose ourselves to, if we're watching, you know, violent movies where people are cursing mm -hmm. all the time, that's going to be very easy to come out of our sure. mouth, right? Yeah. Um, contrary to that, if you, you really immerse yourself in Scripture and things that are good and true mm -hmm. and right, then that's changing you slowly yes. from the inside. And yep. so when you do see those things coming out, you think, yeah. oh, maybe there's something there. Yes, you know, yes. Right, it is something that's inside you, but it's being fed. I mean, yep. it is something that's sin nature, right? But mm -hmm. it's being, if we feed that side, mm -hmm. that's what's going to come out more often. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And that's the flip side of what, what I was saying. But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. All right. Uh... Is sin always visible? Uh, Jesus was not merely concerned with sinful outward actions. He was concerned about the condition of the heart. He tells us that anger is the root of murder and lust is the root of adultery. Are there different severities of sin? Um, I'll, I'm going to... I guess we're not doing too bad on time. Um, so is sin sin? Are all sins the same? Okay. Are all sins of the same severity? Yes, ma'am. Well, there's a verse that in the New Testament, I don't remember exactly where it's from. I think it's in Matthew that says, He who turned he who hath turned him over has the greater sin. Uh -huh. And people who want to say that some sins are more heinous than others in the sight of God will usually point to that verse. But uh -huh. a little bit, if we agree that all sin is deserving of the 
the wrath and judgment of God. And we will agree with that. that. We do agree with that. Then a little bit, you kind of ask, like, well, then why do we need to know which sins are more heinous than others if yeah. they all deserve God's wrath to judgment? And there's some different answers to that question. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I would start that conversation. And, and that's that's a good question. Yes? Yeah. I'll agree that say the judgment for sin uh -huh. is the same for any sin, mm -hmm. but the consequences for sin are different mm -hmm. depending right. on the circumstance right. and and who is impacted. You know, so so there are different consequences mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Good. Yes, ma'am. The sacrifice and payment for each sin is exactly yeah. the same. Um, they all require the blood of Christ. They, they do, um, the smallest one versus the, the biggest one. But go back to the Old Testament sacrifices. Some, like adultery, was, was death, you know. And there were other, other sins that the payment was, you know, a pigeon or something like that, right? So you're right, um, without the blood of... All sins, any sin condemns us um, legally, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, ju judicially um, condemns us. But like Stuart's saying, there's, there's different consequences of, of, of sin, okay? Well, he specifically said severity, so there's yeah. a difference between yelling at somebody. I can't even tell you how many times I changed the, the, the wording of that, just to, yeah, yeah. And I think so. that's the thing, the difference between yelling at a guy for cutting you off and yeah. killing babies. Yeah, good, good, okay. Did you, yeah. Obviously, I agree. Yeah. All sin is judged, uh -huh. and all will, you know, yeah. be in hell for yeah. sin if it weren't for Christ. If right. Not in Christ. However, Scripture does say that it'll be worse for some. Yeah. So that tells me that there has to be some difference in how that is played out in eternity, in eternal punishment for yeah. like the hypocrite or okay. whatever. Okay, good. And we are going to... I don't know what that looks like you're, that. You're, Yeah, and I don't know what it looks like either, but you're right, and we'll, we're going to hit on that in, in, in just a minute. There was somebody... Well, yes, ma'am. And maybe similar to what yeah. was said, that I think where you have sins that might draw a larger group of people into uh -huh. your sin with you, there has to be a different, yeah. I don't know, level sure. of... Okay. Your, your instincts are, are right. And uh, yes, ma'am. Well, it's a, it's a question of me that I never thought before until this evening. Mm -hmm. it's like, like now, okay, the scriptures say because Adam said, we all said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet he has the two children. Uh -huh. That one was righteous and the yeah. other was unrighteous. Right. The other thing that we know that because Jesus paid our penalty, mm -hmm. we set free. Yes, very good. Yes, yeah. amen. Yeah. But Jesus was not here who said, for example, not yeah. said, uh, uh, um, yeah, Cain and Abel. Yeah. Abel, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a big question to me because yeah. we know both scriptures true, but sure. one of them, they, it's out right. of them. Yeah, so in the Old Testament, um, it go, I mean, going all the way back, if people believed God, it was counted to them as righteousness. So if they trusted in God, right? And so looking forward, even going all the way back to, to Adam, ultimately he had faith in what God was saying. He trusted them. And that, that, um, that pointed forward to Christ on, on the cross. So, God, uh, so Jesus' blood 
paid the price for every, um, every one of God's children, um, past, present, and future, right? So great, great, good question. Yes, sir. When you <clears throat> if we assume that the penalty of sin is eternal death, uh-huh. absence from God, yeah. just explain what the different severities would look like on that side. Okay. If you were, like, could you be any more absent from God than right. someone else who's in? Then if you're, yeah, it, it is an absence of God, absence yeah. from I God, yeah. Sweets and yeah. Hell, yeah. One's than the right. Other, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, tell us why we have this slide again. Sure, absolutely, good. Um, so, so the first thing is, um, we'll talk about, um, there's, and I'm getting ready to kind of tie everything in together, right? So there's, there's one sin that's, that's un, unforgivable, right? And it's the blaspheming of the Spirit found in, in Mark chapter 3, okay? Um, there's also, if we think about, is um, murder as severe as anger? Well, if you're sinning, then you, you're condemned to hell, right? Um, but w- without the blood of Christ, then you're condemned to hell. So jud- like I said a little while ago, judicially, it, it doesn't matter. But it does in terms of, like, like Stuart was saying, in terms of severity, like in this world. And so God had certain sins in the Old Testament. The penalty for them was death. They would be stoned. And other sins would be, okay, you have to sacrifice a pigeon. So it's clear that there's some kind of differentiation, right? Now, the question is, what's the value in differentiating that? That's essentially what you're you're asking, right? And um, I think you asked it, Melissa asked it as well. And so the idea is, if somebody comes to me for counseling and they're, um, they're angry with their brother and... Um, and they're also um, committing adultery by cheating on their wife, um, which one of those should I spend more time counseling them on? The adultery, right? It, it's, if we have different levels, if we, if we understand the different severities, and especially in terms of consequences of sin, then we, can, um, we know when to spend time Either whether it's counseling or in our own life, um, work, you know, working with the Holy Spirit, working out our own salvation through the uh, through the Holy Spirit, and um, focusing on—I guess you could say—majoring in the majors, right? Does that make sense? So it's the idea. I've talked to people in the past who had the idea that all sins are are the same. All sins have the same severity. All sins matter the same. And once you get past the judicial part, that's just not true, right? So we have to be able to have some kind of um, idea of one being, uh, I'd say more important, but more severe or more having greater consequences than the others. Having a higher priority, I guess you could say. So I hope that made sense. Yeah? Maybe? Okay. Yes, sir? I completely agree with everything you just said. Okay. The additional thing I would recommend is whenever this topic comes up, I I think a lot of people ask this question because you're entertaining a particular sin. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, this one's not as bad as this other one. Right, right. So always question the motivation of why are you asking. 
compare right. different, different yeah, yeah. areas of sin. Like if, Good. if you're asking because of actual intellectual curiosity of a need mm -hmm. to counsel of like if there's right. a legitimate reason to say this sin is mm -hmm. worse than the other mm -hmm. as opposed to well I want to commit this sin right and I could be committing this other one yeah, so yeah. this one's not so bad if you're doing it to justify yourself it's not like I'm Hitler yeah it's not like yeah. I'm Hitler yeah yeah cool um there's also uh the idea that when you look in the Old Testament well actually in the New Testament as well sins that involve some kind of um, sexual deviance or oppressing, um, you know, uh, widows or orphans or sojourners, that sort of thing. Um, sins involving those things seem to be, uh, the, the justice seem to be swifter and more severe uh, when you, just as you, as you read, read through the Bible. So God does seem to have something, um, something about those sins that, that he, um, I always say you know, they seem to be nearer and dearer to his heart, and so um, for wh whatever reason. All right. Let's see. Let's move past this one. Wow. Okay. I'm looking at time. I, I, I thought I was going to run short today, and um, we're running over. Hey, once again. Um, so what areas of our lives are influenced by sin? What's that? Moral choices, yeah, that sort of thing. Okay, so obviously our moral choices and values are, are impacted by, uh, by sin. What else? Relationships with others. Relationships with others, yeah. So relationally, yeah. What else? Attitudes. Attitudes, okay. What kind of attitudes? What do you mean? I think our attitudes and emotions stem from our beliefs, mm -hmm. um, and what you choose to believe could be considered a moral choice or value. Okay. That would be one manifestation of it. Okay, cool. Peace, state of mind. Okay, good. Physical health. Yeah. Physical health, yeah. How about emotions? Yeah. Um, intellect. You think sin can impact our intellect? You ever heard of the noetic effects of sin? Yeah. Um, noetic comes from the Greek word um, uh, meaning mind. So don't think Noah, you know, think mind. And so sin absolutely impacts the, the intellect. Um, we're running out of time, so I can't, I, I don't want to go into the examples, but uh, when you read, um, again, it's going back to Romans 1, uh, was it 28 through, or 18? Anyway, end of Romans 1 when he says that God's wrath has been revealed um, uh, to essentially the whole world. Um, one of the th ways that you can see that playing out is when you talk to or you hear um, atheists talking about, um, about you know, maybe the existence of God or um, any other, you know, um, any other spiritual um, subject. The idea is there is they will be completely illogical completely illogical. And so sin does impact our emotions, our intellect. It impacts our moral choices, impacts our relations. It impacts every fiber of our being, okay? So what are some excuses for sin? Um, you ever heard the devil made me do it? <laughs> yeah. Devil made you, never made you do anything, you know? Um, you sin, 
that's on you. If uh, the devil made you sin, if he quote unquote made you sin, then um, he would be the one guilty of your sin, not you. Okay? It'd be his sin, not yours. Uh, the government said it's okay. So if it's legal, um, I don't want to get political, but certain substances being approved for consumption by people in Colorado and California, et cetera, um, you know, consuming those substances, is, uh, is, that, is, that a, is that a sin? And does the, the idea that the government said it's okay make it not a sin? Okay. Um, the government said it's okay to have an abortion. Does that make it not a sin to have an abortion? No. So the idea that the government um, said it's okay is not, a, uh, is not an excuse. Um, God has better things to do. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard this one. And generally it has something to do with, with somebody um, having, you know, um, unmarried sex, you know, some, something to do with that. And they'll say, God has um, better things to do than worry about who, who I'm sleeping with. And that's just, it's a, it's a lame excuse. And we talked about that quite a bit last week. There's also the idea of safety in numbers. Well, everyone was doing it. You know, so I just went along with the crowd. And so we tend to think that the severity or the sinfulness of something is, uh, is, is not as bad if, uh, if you know, quote, unquote, every, everyone is doing it. And then we also lower the standard. Um, we say, um, well, you know, I had a really good example, but I can't remember what it is now. But it's like we bring God's standard down to our, our own standard. And we, we always do that, right? It's the sort of thing where, again, I'll go back to the, you know, the lust example. You know, maybe we, you know, it's, the Bible's pretty clear on, um, you know, having, um, pardon me, um, lust for somebody who is, is not your spouse. And, you know, so what we tend to do is bring that down to, to you know, lower the bar, basically, where, okay, well, yeah, really he meant this kind of loss or this kind of anger. Actually, anger is probably a better example. Um, you know, we say that um, it's not that you get angry, it's what you do with it. Well, that's completely 100% contrary um, to, to Jesus' teaching. And then we think that time heals all wounds. And then if we just wait long enough that, you know, sin's not really sin because we forgot about it, right, way back in the past. Well... God's not in time. God's eternal. And so God um, sees that sin that you committed 10 years ago just as clearly as he sees that sin that you, you commit today. And, of course, it, it really matters if you're not in Christ. Okay? If you are in Christ, he sees Christ covering that sin that you did 10 years ago the same as he sees Christ covering that sin that you, you did today. And then there's always the, I think we mentioned a little while ago, I'm, it's not like I'm Hitler. You know, I'm not as bad as Hitler. Well, everybody blames everything, you know, always um, compares themselves to, to Hitler. But in reality, the only difference between Hitler and the rest of us is that Hitler had greater intellect and greater power. And I think we're fooling ourselves if we think that we could have stepped into his shoes and did a better job than he did. Um, because, yeah, he was a... Can I say a vile human being? Yes, he did some atrocious things. 
Um, but I think the world is full of, of, of Hitlers if they're put in the same position that he is. And the Holy Spirit doesn't prevent them from um, doing what they would naturally do. Okay. Wow. And then the next topic is discussion. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Yes, ma'am. What about the there was no sinless option excuse? Yeah. Like it was either sin here or sin there? Right. It was either lie to the Nazis that my, that there were not Jews under the table or right. tell the truth and yeah. be responsible for, for what happens yeah. next. I love the example. Can we take three minutes real quick? So we'll run a few minutes over. Uh, Jenny said no, so we'll, we'll definitely do it. Um, so we look, if you turn to, to Joshua and you have, uh, turn to the book of Joshua and you have uh, Rahab and she's hiding um, the spies where? Under, under the flax, right? Okay. And then the, the king's men come in and say, hey, where are the spies? What did she tell them? They went north. They went that away, right? And so um, the question is, did she sin when she did that? Did she lie? She deceived. Okay, she deceived. What's, did she lie? Intentional deception. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Intentional deception, yeah. I've seen that so many people try to wiggle out of this. Did, who thinks she lied or she, she sinned? Yeah? Okay, cool. But she's also found in Hebrews, right? As being the, uh, you know, in the what? Hall of Faith. Okay? What's that? Okay. What would have been the right answer? What should, Ray, what should Rahab have done? They went north. They went north. Okay. Any, anybody else have a right answer? Yeah? Okay, the... Either one of two things. Either I'm not going to tell you. You can do to me whatever you're going to do. I'm not going to tell you, and I'm not going to lie. Or um, they're under the flags. Trusting that um, God would have blinded the eyes of the king's men and they wouldn't have seen them. And just to drag in one more example that um, I can't help. Well, it's uh, related to that. Just like uh, Hannah brought up, she, she said something about the the Jews are under the table. There was a, um, Corey Ten Boom was a Christian woman um, in Europe during the Nazi, Nazi occupation. And she, uh, she and her family and friends would help get the, the, the Jews out of that area of Europe and get, help them escape from, from the Nazis. And so uh, boatloads of, of Jews were saved in that way. Well, one day there was a group of them sitting at a table along with several Jews and um, they had a trap door. They had a, a hidden, hidden door under, the, um, under the, the kitchen table. And the, the SS or the Gestapo or you know, some of the Nazis were, were banging on the door. Well, they hid the Jews down in that, that, that compartment, put a rug over the top, put the table back on it, and um, acted like nobody was there. So when the Nazis came in, they said, where are the Jews? We know they're there. We know they're here. And they pinned one of uh, Corey's uh, friends, like up against a cabinet or something, and said, where are they? Tell me where they are. Well, she would not lie. She could not lie. She could not bring herself to do it. She had, a, I guess, a moral compass that was, was due north, right? And so what did she do? She said, 
They're under the kitchen table. And the Nazi looked over there, thought she was being sarcastic, and turned around and slapped her and left. Okay? Now, she wasn't succumbing to fear. She had faith in God. She was not going to sin. And she, I guess, believed that God would, would blind the eyes of those Nazis, and that's exactly what, what they did, or uh, what he did. So the idea is Rahab, that would have been the right answer for Rahab, too. Right? Now, if I'm there, you know, how, how do I answer it? I, I, I don't know. I've never been put in that position, so I don't want to try to condemn her. But the bottom line is, yes, Rahab sinned, but she, and she, but she had faith. It just wasn't a mature faith. She hadn't grown in, in her faith. She was a brand-new baby believer, okay? And so, um, anyway, I can't remember what question that was answering, but um, yes? I did read somewhere where someone was dealing with this issue of uh-huh. should you tell somebody in, in yeah. circumstances where you know that the purpose, it was actually another similar timeline, yeah. hiding someone who was going mm-hmm. to be killed by an evil yeah. government, mm-hmm. should you tell them? And the answer was, well, they don't deserve to know that. Mm-hmm. Their purpose to find out if this person's hiding is to kill them. Yeah. And because their motivation was another sinful motivation that mm-hmm. you didn't have the you didn't have to tell them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, yeah. I don't know where that falls in gospel yeah. truth. Yeah. No, nope, I'm, I'm with you. It, it, it gets into some tough questions. It really does. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be loud. Okay. <laughs> well, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God will never put us in a spot where sin is the only way out. Yes. Excellent. So we just have to keep that in mind. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah. yeah. I'm only learning that now. That, that's awesome. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. He will make us able to endure it, but also he'll give us a way out. Okay. And it will not be sin, because he does not use sin, according to James. Excellent. Yes. Good, good. All right. I kind of go with the thought of, like, if you're on the Twin Tower at the top, at the yeah. bombing, and you have to choose between burning to death or jumping to your death. Yeah. Both essentially suicide. Yeah. God's not going to, like, kind of hold that again. I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. Sin yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say you're yeah. totally innocent, but... If you have the choice of Nazis coming in and killing your whole family and you yeah. make a decision between lying right. and telling the truth and you lie, it's not like, oh, no, no, the no, no, I, no, I'm with you. Yeah, you're, you're 100% correct. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Cool, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this uh, amazing um, conversation. Uh, just help us to, to go forth and to... Um, uh, to trust you, to glorify you, and uh, we love you, we trust you. Um, for all these things in Jesus' name, amen.